1: Well, hey there, folks. This is Joe Rusiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And we are broadcasting live from the Asylum Studios here in the beautiful city of of Eagle Pass, Texas, and it is an absolutely beautiful Lord's Day today. It's a little on the hot side. We're cruising somewhere around 103 degrees here at uh, 3 p.m. Central Time. And uh, despite the heat, it is a beautiful, beautiful sunny day here in Eagle Pass. And uh, folks, I hope that you made it to church this morning. And I hope that uh, be, by being in church and being in fellowship with the saints today, It was a real, real blessing for you. I hope that your preacher was on fire for the Lord today, and I hope that when you left church, you left with a renewed love for your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, a renewed love for the precious Word of God, and a fresh, fresh burden for souls Now, you know, folks, one of the greatest evidences that you and I have as to the accuracy and the validity of the Bible is fulfilled prophecy. The Bible is far more fascinating and far more accurate than most people actually give credit for. And uh, one of the ways I think is is a good way to investigate that uh, is by looking at prophecies that have been fulfilled. You know, some of the greatest evidence that demonstrates the inspiration of the Scripture is found in fulfilled prophecies. Now, obviously, it would take many, many sermons to go through all of them, but I thought that tonight, or today, what we could do is we can highlight a few of them and uh, see where the Lord leads us on it. Now, before we get into our message for today, though, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you visit our website, com, and when you head over there, head over to our contact section, and why don't you send us over a message. You can let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget to send over those prayer requests. You know, I do get those prayer requests. I love to get them, and I really do love to be able to spend time with the Lord in my private time, to pray over the needs that you guys have uh, communicated to us. And it's a real blessing to be able to pray for others. And I'm very thankful for the folks that do send over your prayer requests. Now, folks, also, uh, if you don't like to use the web form that's on our website, that's fine. You could always email me directly by uh, using info at com. That's info at com. Now, also, folks, while you're on the website, if you would, would you please look for that support this podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 a month. Now, if you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, and that's understandable today, uh, if you could do a one-time contribution... We would appreciate that just as much, and uh, if you're able to do that, you can do it by clicking on the WayGiver button, which is on our website, or you could scan the Cash App QR code, which is on our website as well. So why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, and if these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if the live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very, very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, of course, folks, first and foremost, before we get any further into the show, I always like to take a minute here to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, one of the things I want to say thank you to the Lord for... um, Well, right now with some of this water, because I have a frog in my throat all of a sudden. All right. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, I always want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, first and foremost, for the gift of salvation that he provided to me by his shed blood on the cross of Calvary. And uh, it's a tremendous gift that the Lord provides to you absolutely 100% free of charge. The only thing that the Lord wants of you is that you put your full faith, trust, and confidence in that finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Because the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 20 that when when the Lord Jesus Christ was, was shedding his blood on that cross, it wasn't just man's blood that was being shed. It was the perfect sinless blood of God himself. That's Acts chapter 20, verse 28. God himself took on human form, came to this earth, and shed his blood to pay for your sin, and mine and the sins of the world, all you have to do is put your full faith, trust, and confidence in that finished work, in that shed blood, and accept the gift that God Himself has provided for you. It's really very simple, folks. It's really very, very simple. There is absolutely no reason why anyone should go to hell. Absolutely no reason. God has made it so incredibly simple. Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's what the Scripture tells us. He tells us time and time again that it's not of works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy he saved us. So what are you waiting for, folks? What are you waiting for? What are you holding on to that is so important that you cannot let go for the Lord Jesus Christ? I also want to say thank you to the Lord for allowing me to have this ministry opportunity. This is a, 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 a wonderful ministry the Lord has provided to us, and I am so incredibly thankful that the Lord has allowed me to do this, to to, to get together with you every week and to open up the Word of God and to, and, to, and to talk about the things of the Lord. It's a real blessing for me, and I hope it's a blessing for you. And uh, uh, it's something that uh, that... We wouldn't be able to do if it wasn't for the Lord allowing us to do it. Uh, with today's show, it's going to be 115 episodes that uh, that we have done, and this is something that that I, I've mentioned it a few times before that I never thought would get past 10 shows, uh, and that's because uh, we've tried this uh, podcast uh, a few times before, and uh, it, it never took off, never went anywhere, uh, had nobody listen whatsoever. And um, and now we're approaching over fourteen thousand downloads, and it's it's just it just blows me away. It really does, just blows me away. Uh, over fourteen thousand downloads, over one hundred and fifteen episodes. Uh, again, for something I never thought would get past uh, episode ten, and uh, it's it's been a real blessing for me. And again, I hope it's been a blessing for you as well. And I just thank the Lord so much for it. Now, I also want to say thank you to all of those of you who support us with your prayers. Thank you so much for your prayers, and God bless you. Please continue to pray for this ministry. Please continue to pray for my family. And, of course, please continue to pray for me uh, as we continue on with the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And, of course, also as we're contemplating a few uh, changes to the way we're going to be doing uh, future shows and trying to develop other segments that we're going to be able to incorporate into the show. Uh, So please pray for us as as we're doing these things. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially and still support us financially. God bless you for your financial support. You know, I say still. Because uh, as I've mentioned before, uh, after, we, after we did uh, our study of Revelation chapter 18 and 19, uh, we have lost um, more than half of our monthly support. So uh, it's been a challenge to try to do things with, uh, with, less, um, with less resources to do it. But, you know, the Lord provides, and and he has supported us even before we had monthly supporters, and I'm confident that the Lord will do it again. And uh, so far, we're we're treading water. We're we're holding our own, and uh, we're getting things done. And, of course, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners, every single one of you who listen in faithfully, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Good Pods, Wherever it is that you're listening, thank you so very much for doing that because of your plays and downloads, because of your faithfulness. We are still in the number one position on five charts on the Good Pods platform. Uh, Our numbers are up across all the platforms that we're on, and we're on, I think, over 20 platforms at this point. And uh, it's been a real blessing, and thank you so much, folks, for uh, for your faithfulness in listening to what we put out there. But, folks, wherever it is that you're listening, please, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way, you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, how about some announcements? Right. Well, don't forget about our Thursday night Bible study. Every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, we have recently completed the Book of Revelation, which was a challenging study and uh, a real blessing. Uh, now, uh, this past Thursday, we moved into a study of the dispensations, and we started off with talking about the pre-Adamic, dispensation, and uh, which is a tough one because there's really not a lot of information out there on the pre-Adamic dispensation, so, uh, but we we spent almost two hours, or actually exactly two hours, uh, in that study, and it was a real blessing, and I'm looking forward to getting into the uh, dispensation of innocence uh, this coming Thursday night, so if you haven't been able to check it out, come on over and check us out. You can find us on our website at com, and uh, we have a nice little uh, web player on our home site and you could uh, listen in live there and also check out all the archives or if you prefer you can head over to our host platform which is Spreaker and uh, you can check us out there as well and uh, also our Sermon Sunday broadcast as uh, is continuing on here with our 3pm Central Time show 4pm Eastern Time also available on our website, sort of the spirit and on our host site of Spreaker. One of the great things about the Spreaker site is that uh, we have access to the chat group and um, we can communicate and interact during the course of the show. If you have any questions, comments, or cares, concerns, prayer requests, whatever it might be, you could always drop that little note into the chat group. And then, of course, you know, we would respond to that as quickly as we possibly can. So, uh, again, Thursday night Bible study, 7 p.m. Central Time, Sermon Sunday broadcast, 3 p.m. Central Time, on our website, com or on Spreaker.com. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m. Our worship service is at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is visit the Church's Facebook page, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information, and also you'll find episodes of this podcast. Now, of course, we always want to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass for allowing us to use the Church's Facebook page. And of course, we want to say thank you to uh, our pastor, John Monk, who is also my good friend and uh, a tremendous blessing to me and uh, a a great source of encouragement uh, ever since we started this podcast. He has been interested in everything we've been doing with it. Uh, He's constantly asking me questions about it, and uh, he's always wanting to know how far we're reaching, and uh, in looking over our numbers uh, and our uh, uh, you know where the uh, where our plays and downloads are coming from, uh, we have some new listeners in Peru and in Vanuatu, which is uh, which is great. I mean that's just fantastic. As a matter of fact, I think it was kind of interesting how our uh, our international plays and downloads have. Uh, Gone a little higher now than our uh, our uh, continental United States plays and downloads, so uh, I think that's interesting and it's, it's it's a wonderful thing and it's a it's a blessing for us to be able to reach out there. So hello to the folks out there in Vanuatu, Peru, and all the other countries that are listening in on us. Thank you so much for being there and for tuning in. Now, folks, if you're interested in prepping, I'd like to tell you about the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts, yours truly included, uh, from around the country who uh, release content pretty much daily. The Contra Radio Network releases 15 to 20 shows a week depending on current events, and there are no issues that are off-limits to any Of these patriots if you want a breakdown of current events we got it if you want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency got that too you want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic strangely enough we have that and if you want to hear more about politics bible studies sports camping firearms and more well the contra radio network has it all covered how do you find them well the contra radio network is available on all of your podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And you could also find them at crn.best. That's crn.best. All right, folks, I uh, want to tell you also about the Three Pillars Podcast uh, hosted by my good friend and brother in Christ, Chase Tobinator, the motivator, Tobin. Now, uh, the Three Pillars Podcast focuses on your personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Uh, Chase has a new episode available every Friday morning, and I would really recommend you check it out. Uh, This past Friday's episode was fantastic. Uh, It's a real blessing, and uh, you should definitely, definitely check him out. You can find him on YouTube at the Three Pillars Podcast. You can find him on Rumble, which is my favorite of the two platforms at Three Pillars Podcast, and you can check out his website, Three threepillarspodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, Chase's uh, audio version of the podcast is available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms like Good Pods, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. So don't forget to check them out, the Three Pillars Podcast, every Friday for a new episode. Now, folks, uh, if you head over to our website, of the com, look for the Programming Announcements Subscription Box, which is on our homepage. Uh, all that is is a list that we've been putting together uh, where we send out an email to let you know of any changes in our programming schedule. So if we're going to be late getting started or if there's going to be a cancellation or if there's going to be a guest or any number of different things that can pop up during the course of the week, that is the Probably the best way for us to get in touch with you through the programming announcements email. So head on over to our website, find that subscription box, get yourself on the list, and stay in the know. Now, it's free, don't cost you nothing, and we don't sell or share your information with anybody. So get yourself on the list. And then, also on our website, don't forget to head over to our Sword Swag section, and when you get over there, you're going to find these great sort of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs like I have right here in my hot little hand, and uh, you can get one of these coffee mugs for a $25 contribution right now. Unfortunately, within the next month, the uh, the cost is going to have to go up just a little bit because it's costing us more to get them. So, um To cover those expenses, we don't earn anything on the sale of these things, and anything we do get on it, we donate to an active missionary. So um, $25 right now gets you one of these coffee mugs, and uh, today's broadcasting beverage is a a really nice iced coffee. Mm. Mm. Super good. And no, I did not use espresso this time. Okay? Just regular iced coffee. All right. And uh, if you'd like to get one of the uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts, well, you can get that for a $35 contribution. Also, unfortunately, going to be increasing in the coming month. And uh, you, all you need to do is just click on the info button on the Sword Swag page. Send me over what exactly it is you're looking for. If you're getting T-shirts, let me know what size you need. And uh, once we get all that, we'll send you the link as to where you can make your contribution. And once we have all that squared away, we'll send out your items. All right, folks, that should just about do it for our opening segment and our announcements. We're going to take our first break of the afternoon here. And when we come back from the break, we'll be getting into our prayer requests. We've had a few changes to it as we go through it. And um, so, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way, you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
2: Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
1: back, folks, to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, it's a real blessing and a privilege to be here with you today on this beautiful, beautiful Lord's Day. <clears throat> All right, uh, we are going to be getting into our prayer requests, and uh, as always, we start off our prayer list with those folks that are in need of salvation. Now, salvation is the single most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. And the reason why it is is because it has eternal consequences. Eternal consequences because uh, you will find yourself in hell if you do not come to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Plain and simple. Uh, I know sometimes some people think that that's kind of cold-hearted and kind of a mean way to say it, but that's uh, honestly, that's really the only way. It's the only way to say it. So, folks, what are you holding on to? What is it about sin, the particular sin that you're holding on to that you don't think you can let go of for the Lord Jesus Christ? All he asks you to do, folks, is just put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the work that he did for you. Because you can't pay for your sin, there's no work that you can do. There's nothing in your baptism that can get you saved. Uh, there's nothing in taking a sacrament that will get you saved. There's absolutely nothing in your church membership that will get you saved. The Roman church, the Baptist church, the Presbyterians, the Episcopals, the Lutherans, the Church of Christ, none of those churches and, and, and the myriad others, none of those churches will save you. There's no salvation in any of them. There is no salvation in keeping the Sabbath day holy, as the Seventh-day Adventists tell you. There's no salvation in Mary that the Roman Church tells you. There's no salvation in the saints that the Roman Church tells you. Uh, Jesus Christ is the sole mediator. The Bible says For there is one mediator between God and men, that is the man, Christ Jesus. It says nothing about a uh, 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 nothing about saints. It says nothing about Mary. It says nothing about a pope. Nothing. All it is is putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all you need to do. And it's just so simple. And I think that probably one of the greatest torments in hell is going to be when folks get there and realize that it was so simple that it wasn't complicated. It wasn't a string of things that you do, 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 do in order to earn some kind of merit or favor or or some kind of a special grace to, to get you into heaven. It's none of that, folks. It's just putting your full faith, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood and the finished work at Calvary. And that's all. Now, on our prayer list, we're praying for uh, David up in New York City. We're praying for all of the unsaved members of the Baldino family. Uh, Manuel had asked for prayer for, for his mom for salvation. Sharon uh, is on our list for prayer as well. And also, uh, uh, Adam asked for prayer for his father as well. Now, folks, I know that there are people listening that are not saved, and uh, I know that you know the folks that are born-again, Christians that are listening to this show, I'm sure, and I am positive that you are talking to someone, you are you are witnessing to someone, and uh, why don't you let us know who that is so we can put them on our prayer list so we can pray for them together. All right, folks? All right, now, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the gift of salvation that you have given us through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we just ask today that in your mercy that you would look down upon those folks. Lord, we're thinking of David, the uh, the Baldino family, Manuel's mother, Sharon, Adam's father, anybody listening to this broadcast and the podcast later that's not saved, that might be looking uh, or, or searching for truth. Lord, we pray that you would just minister to them, that you would draw them into yourself, and, Lord, they would be saved. Lord, I pray that you would use us here at the Sword of the Spirit podcast to... Uh, to to, to be a a vehicle in which they can come to Christ. Lord, I pray that you would raise up people around them that can bring them to Christ. Lord, I pray that you would just just do this great and wonderful miracle work in their behalf, and I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, going down our sick list, we're going to be praying for Pastor Martin for his health, his overall health, for his vision, Uh, for his heart condition. We're praying also for his eczema. Uh, We're also praying for my sister, Laura, uh, with back problems. We're praying for Arden, who is uh, sick and under the weather. We're praying for Diana, Adam's mother, uh, with an infection. Uh, We're praying for Laura with cancer. We're also praying for Sharon Baldino with cancer. Martin Mata with lymphoma. Uh, Daniel Villarreal with leukemia. Uh, Juan with uh, aggressive cancer, Uh, Patricia Alvarado with uh, kidney problems as a result of cancer, Tina with cancer. Um, We're praying for uh, Janae with a heart condition. We're praying for Alex and Diego Ortiz uh, uh, for their health concerns. We're praying for a good brother in Christ and a good friend of mine, uh, Reuben, with a pinched nerve. Uh, we're also praying for uh, Jerry Torres, uh, who has uh, recovering from a broken leg. And we're also praying for Walter, uh, who has some uh, difficulty with his shoulder and some shoulder pain. And then going down to our general prayer list, we're praying for Jude. My brother-in-law, who is a contractor up in New York and for his business, and we're praying that uh, the Lord would bless the work of his hands. Now, if you're up in the New York area and need a contractor, reach out to me. Let me know, and I'll put you guys in contact. I'm sure you'll be happy with his work. We're also praying for uh, Aldo and his business here at Pro HVAC in Eagle Pass. We're also praying for Federico Salinas, a good friend of mine in Christ and a, a good brother in the Lord and um, really thankful for his friendship and his fellowship. And we're praying that the Lord would hedge him about and protect him. We're also praying for uh, another great great brother in Christ, uh, my brother Hector. Uh, we're praying for him as he's out working, uh, taking care of his family. We're we asking the Lord just to protect him and Uh, He works in law enforcement, so we want the Lord to protect him uh, as he goes about his workday. We're also praying for uh, Alex, uh, that the Lord would use him in 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 a great way at his job. We're also praying for Manuel, for his walk with the Lord. We're praying for Jessica, for her walk with the Lord, Isabella, for her walk with the Lord. We're praying for Liz with a financial matter. We're praying for Angela, uh, classes that she's taking. We're praying for Gabby with the classes that she's taking. And then uh, Ruby has asked for prayer for her daughter, Cloud, heading off to college this year for the first time. And we're going to lift her up there as well. All right. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, so much for all that you do for us. Lord, we want to thank you for being the God of answered prayer, whether that answer is yes, no, or not now. Lord, you do answer... You do always answer our prayer. Father, we also pray that you would answer our prayers according to your perfect will for us and for our lives. Father, we're praying for all of those on our sick list today, all of those that are battling cancer, Lord, or a form of cancer. We pray, Father God, that you would just uh, touch each and every one of them, Lord, that you would bring healing, and, Lord, that you would be a a great blessing unto them as they recover. Father, we pray for... um, for those that are on a sick list that are dealing with uh, wounds and injuries, Lord, we lift them up to you as well, and we pray that you would just bless them and and bring healing. Father, we pray for, um, for those on our general list. Lord, we pray for my brother-in-law Jude and for his business. We pray for Federico Salinas, my brother in Christ. We pray for him, that you would hedge him about and protect him. Lord, and we lift him up to you today. Father, we also pray for Aldo and his business. We pray that you would bless the work of his hands. Uh, Lord, we also pray for Hector uh, as he's out working, supporting his family. Lord, we ask you to, to please to bring him home safely every night. We pray for Alex as uh, as an effective witness at his workplace. Lord, we lift up Manuel, Jessica, and, and uh, Isabella for um, for their walk with you. And, Lord, we just pray that you would just touch them and just draw them into yourself, Father God, and protect them and hedge them about as they're off at school. Lord, we pray for Angela and Gabby for the classes they're taking. We pray for Liz. We lift her up to you for uh, this financial matter that she's been working to resolve. And, of course, Lord, we're praying for Cloud as she's heading off to college for the first time. And we ask, Lord, that you would just uh, give her mom, Ruby, a uh, uh, the, the wisdom that she needs and the, and the, and the guidance that she needs uh, for her daughter as she's traveling away. Father, we just thank you so much, and we ask you... Also, Lord, for those with unspoken prayer requests, Lord, those unspoken prayers of our hearts. Today, Lord, we think of Eduardo Rodriguez. We think of Larissa. We think of Hector. We think of Manuel, Angela, Lauda, Mireya, Uriel, Adam. And, Lord, a new addition to our list here is uh, Esme has asked for uh, prayer, uh, an unspoken prayer request for her son, Fernando. And, Lord, we also pray for her as well. Uh, that you would give her wisdom as she tries to counsel and guide her son. Father God, we just thank you so much, Lord. We ask you to look at all of these prayers, Lord, and we ask you to answer them according to your perfect will for us and for our lives. And, Father, we pray that through it all you would receive all of the honor and glory that you deserve. Lord, we ask you also to please bless uh, bless the message today. Lord, please give me the words to speak. Lord, bless the preaching and the teaching of your holy book, Lord, help us to have an understanding of these uh, of these fulfilled prophecies that we'll be looking at. And, Lord, I pray that if there's any that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior today, Lord, that today they would know him, Lord, that they would come to him, that they would seek him out. And as you promised, Lord, for a soul that seeks, you would answer. Father, we thank you so much, and we ask you to bless the day ahead. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. All right, uh, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please feel free to uh, send them on over to us by emailing me at info at sword of the Also, you can uh, send them over to us through our chat group on Spreaker. You can just drop it in right over there, or you can head over to our website, sword of the and send them over through the web form. No matter how you do it, folks, it's important that we pray together and uh, get them on over to us. All right, well, that uh, will bring us to our second break of the uh, afternoon. And uh, what we'll do here is... Oh, I forgot something. Let's go back to this. I'm so sorry about that. We do have a couple of birthdays that we'd like to mention. We want to wish a very happy, happy birthday to... uh, our brother George, and uh, to his little boy Luke, as they celebrate their birthday today. And on behalf of myself and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family, we'd like to wish you, George and Luke, a very, very happy birthday. God bless you, and many, many, many more. It's your
2: it's the day that you born. The day your mama brought you home
1: Again, George, Luke, happy birthday on behalf of the Sword of the Spirit podcast and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family. God bless you, and we pray that the Lord will will bless you with many, many more. All right, folks, uh, that'll take us to our second break now, and uh, that'll give you a chance to go grab your King James Bible, maybe grab yourself a cup of coffee or a bottle of water, and when we come back, we'll be getting into today's message on fulfilled prophecy. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And hey, when you're on those platforms, if you feel like you can give us a five star review, please feel free to do so. And also leave a comment. We'd love to get those comments. All right? All right, folks, we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we're going to be getting into our message, episode 115. Wow. Episode number 115. And you know, through all of the episodes that we've done, uh, the one thing that I've always worked really hard to do is to make sure that we keep our emphasis on the Bible. Because I'm painfully aware of the fact that the world is constantly, constantly assaulting the Bible. Um, and, you know, they do it through a variety of mediums, many, many different ways. The Bible is constantly under attack. And uh, so I view one of my responsibilities uh as to give you ammunition to fight the good fight. You know, there is another side to the story, folks. And it's, uh, it's, it's God's side of the story. Now, one of the greatest evidences that you and I have as to the accuracy and the validity of the Bible is fulfilled prophecy. And I think it's only, what, 25% of Bible prophecy has been fulfilled. That's it, just 25%. So we're still waiting for the other 75, are we not? And, uh, you know, the good news is, if you understand world events through the prism of God's Word, you realize that, you know, God's right on target. He's right on the money. He's right on time. But, uh, you know, there are some prophecies that have been already fulfilled, and uh, they are quite extraordinary. And I think it's worthy of our consideration to, to, to think about those things in, in light of, is the Bible really accurate? Now, some would say, and I'm sure you've heard it said, you know, well, you know, the Bible is just a collection of stories and, or myths or traditions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we can't depend on their accuracy you know, and then some will go a step even further and say, well, you know, the Bible's full of contradictions. You know, it wasn't all that long ago that uh, Bill Riley got on his program and and he said, uh, you know, now we all know the Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John all have contradictions. I mean, man, when he said that, it just sent me through the roof. It really did. It really did. You know. But the Bible is is, is far more fascinating and, and far more accurate than most people give it credit for, and one of the ways that I think is is a good way to investigate that is for us to is to look at prophecies that have already been fulfilled. Now you know we can speculate about ones that are waiting fulfillment. You know, and some folks say, well, you know, God was just speaking inspirationally, but you know something, it, it, it's hard to deny. The accuracy of history. And uh, some of the greatest evidence that demonstrates the inspiration of the scriptures is found in fulfilled prophecy. Now, obviously, it would take us many, 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 many sermons to get through all of them, but I thought that today we could highlight a few of them. You know, uh, the Lord has made an interesting list of prophecies against cities, uh, for example, in ancient times and uh, I'd like to show you three or four of them uh, why don't you begin with me over in the book of exodus in uh in exodus no i'm sorry ezekiel <laughs> i'm sorry exodus ezekiel chapter twenty six ezekiel chapter twenty six now um, Ezekiel is one of the great old prophets of the old testament and uh and he was a character man he was a character he was different he was uh he, he was definitely eccentric to, to say the least and a lot of you know, a lot of people consider that to be a rub against anything that he had to say. But uh, let's take a look. All right. Ezekiel chapters 26. Ezekiel chapter 26 and verse number four. And they shall destroy the walls of Tyrus and break down her towers. I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place for the spreading of nets in the midst of the sea For I have spoken it, saith the Lord God, and it shall become a spoil to the nations. All right, now Ezekiel made a variety of prophecies against Zidon and Tyrus. Um, Now these two cities were up along the Phoenician coast, uh, and what you and I would call modern-day Lebanon in the Mediterranean Sea. And the reason why God had a problem with these cities was simply this. They were engaged in the slave trade and they sent raiding parties periodically down into northern israel and they would capture the israeli children and they would take them to zion and, and tyrus and then they would sell them to the to greek slave traders and so god said you know something i have a problem with that and he says here's what's going to happen to you tyrus he says you know one day and and this was a city of great commerce and 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 great trade a city that was just flourishing economically Uh, really an economic center of its day. And God said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to destroy you, and I'm going to make you a place for the spreading of nets. All right, verse 14. Ezekiel 26, verse 14. And I will make thee like the top of a rock. Thou shalt be a place to spread nets upon. Thou shalt be built no more, for I, the Lord, have spoken it, saith the Lord God. But you know that city. That city continued to thrive for a few hundred years after Ezekiel uttered those words. And you know something? I am sure that the pundits were all were, were readily available to say. Remember that crazy old prophet. Remember that screwball Ezekiel. He said that Tyrus would be destroyed, and ultimately it would be nothing but a place for the spreading of nets. Hmm. Well, you know something? In due season a guy by the name of Nebuchadnezzar came along and actually fulfilled that prophecy, and he destroyed that city with his armies. Uh, However, there was an island about a half a mile offshore, and the elite of that island managed to escape to that island. Uh, And uh, over the ensuing years, they built a fortress on that island, and the economy once again flourished, and, and they once again engaged in their former trades. And uh, and so it it once again gave opportunities to the critics to say, you see that you see there? That was just a temporary blip on the radar screen. You know, the thing continues. Well, about 400 years later, there was another guy you probably heard of, and his name was Alexander the Great. And Alexander came stomping on down through there. And he looked at that deal and he said to his troops, right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to pick up all of the rubble from that old city that Nebuchadnezzar left, and you're going to dump it into the ocean. And you're just going to dump it in there, rock at a time, stone at a time, and you're just going to keep going out there until you reach that island. And then sure enough, they did. And those troops marched out there to that island, and they leveled the place. I mean, absolutely leveled it, destroyed it. There was nothing left. And to this day, to this very day, that little peninsula out in the Mediterranean Sea, and, and do you know what's on that? Nets. Fishing nets. It's a place where fishermen, to this day, spread their nets out to dry. Now, didn't God say that? Did he not say it would be a place for the spreading of nets in the midst of the sea? Well, I don't know. I guess Ezekiel got lucky on that one. Amen? All right, look with me in Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel chapter 28 and uh, verse 22. Ezekiel 28 and verse 22. Well, verse 20. Verse 20. And again, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Zidon and prophesy against it. Now, Tyrus, you know, the, the Tyrus of antiquity is no longer there, but Zidon does exist it's still a city now i don't know if you remember this but uh back in 1982 the israelis invaded zidon and they found great caches of weaponry by their uh, of, you know of their enemies there and uh you know that's why they invaded the place and they exhumed a great deal of weapons from there all right now in verse 22 and say thus saith the lord god Behold I am against thee O Zidon and I will be glorified in the midst of thee and they shall know that I am the Lord when I shall have executed judgments in her and shall be sanctified in her for I will send into her pestilence and blood into her streets and the wounded shall be shall be judged in the midst of her by the sword upon her every upon her on every side and they shall know that I am the Lord now as opposed to Tyrus, Zidon's utter extinguishment was never prophesied. God simply said, Zidon will be a place of perpetual bloodshed. Well, we can go back to 1982, but we can go back even further. Uh, in 1847, the city of Zidon was attacked by the fleets of four different national navies. Four, all in one year. Historians tell us that no city that still exists on the earth has been under as many assaults and attacks as the city of Zidane. It ranks number one. Boy, that old Ezekiel, man, he just got lucky again. Again. I mean, it's probably a coincidence after all. You know, don't put too much faith in your Bible because people are going to think you're a social deviant. And you you wouldn't want that. Of course, some of us are used to it, you know. (laughs) Now, I can go down a long list, and I'm not going to take the time to do it because I want to look at some other things. But um, the city of No N-O, otherwise known as the city of Thebes in Egypt, in Ezekiel chapter 30, you know, you get some prophecies against that which have been fulfilled. Uh, you have noph N-O-P-H, also known as Memphis, Egypt, in Ezekiel chapter 30 and verse 13. You have Ascalon in Zechariah nine in verse five. You have Ekron, Gaza, Zephaniah two in verse four talks about uh the Philistines, and, and and God said that one day the Philistines would be extinguished as a race. Now, now that's fascinating, actually. That's that's fascinating. You know, I know that I know that many, many, many ancient races have fallen, you know, into the melting pot of humanity. But you know what? The Egyptians still exist. Do you know why? God said they would. The Ethiopians still exist. Why? God said they would. But when was the last time you met a Philistine? Do you have any living on your block? I mean, you know, we could talk about ethnic backgrounds, you know. You know, folks say, well, you know, I'm part Italian and part Irish. You know, my my mother was part Italian and part German. You know, that's an odd mix. Uh, and so, we, you know, we could talk about our ethnic backgrounds and so on, but when was the last time you met a Philistine? I mean, have you ever met someone that said, you know, I'm part Philistine and, and part Polish? You know, the point of it is that God said they're gone. You know, God talks about Bethel in Amos chapter 3, Samaria in Micah chapter 1, Jericho in Joshua chapter 6. But uh, here's one that I really want you to look at, though. Look with me over in Matthew, your New Testament, your first book of your New Testament, Matthew, chapter number 11. Matthew, chapter 11. And you know something? All of those prophecies against those various cities have all found their fulfillment over a period of time. All right, now Matthew, chapter 11. And uh, I find this one particularly striking. In Matthew, chapter 11, and verse 20, Then began he... Now, the he here is Jesus, uh, to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. So Jesus had the opportunity to perform a variety of miracles in several cities, and he he got some negative comments about some of them, and here they are. Uh, Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, and and we just studied those, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Now, this is the nice, placid, very accepting Jesus Christ. Well, maybe not always. And he's pronouncing a curse on this city, Capernaum. Now, Capernaum was located on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, and it was a prosperous place. It was a place like like Tyre and Zidon. You know, certainly not engaged in the slave traffic. Uh, but it was a place that essentially rejected the message of Jesus Christ. And he compares them to Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, one day that's going to be the end of you. Now, what's fascinating about this is if you go to Israel, you know, of all the shoreline around the sea of Galilee, Capernaum would have been the most obvious place to build a city to the West is Tiberias and and Tiberias is just a series of cliffs and the whole city looks like uh, San Francisco on steroids. I mean, it's just up and down, up and down. You know, you know what I mean? It's kind of a dumb place to build a town if you think about it. Then you get to the southern end. Uh, the Jordan River flows out of the Sea of Galilee toward the Dead Sea. And, and that's just kind of swampy. So that wouldn't be an ideal place. And then on the east side, you have another series of cliffs. And, and, and you hear about this particular place in the news quite frequently, actually. It's called the Golan Heights. So there's really no option there either. So the only real logical place to build a town on the Sea of Galilee is on the north end because it's, it's, actually, it's a very gentle, sloping terrain that just you know, gently works its way upward. And there was, in fact, a city there once called Capernaum, and it was a prosperous city, and Jesus pronounced a curse on it. And just coincidentally, you know, I guess, you know, Jesus got lucky, you know. Uh, Today, there's there's nothing there except an old stone and concrete dock where boats come in and dock, and then a tour bus comes and, and takes you away. And you kind of scratch your head, and you say, well, I just don't understand it. But, you know, I guess when Jesus curses something, you know, it's, it, he does a really good job. All right, look with me over in Isaiah chapter 13. Isaiah chapter 13, and then we'll move away from, from the cities. All right, Isaiah chapter 13. Now, every one of these that I've mentioned, Jericho, Samaria, Bethel, Akron, uh, Ascalon, Noph, uh, Thebes, you know They all require a great deal of study, and, and honestly, I'm just mentioning them today. But in Isaiah chapter 13 and verse 19, and and this is relevant because of the day and time in which you and I live, all right? Now, Isaiah 13 and verse 19, and Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees, ex- the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, excellency shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited. Neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there. Neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. Now, this is a prophecy that God uttered against ancient Babylon. Now, of all the cities that rose to the pinnacle of success, it was Babylon. Folks, they, they said that there was a wall around ancient Babylon that was so high and so wide that four chariots could race side by side on top of that wall around ancient Babylon. Now, that's a wall. I mean, it was phenomenal. You know, when when you hear about the seven wonders of the ancient world, you know, uh, that was the very focus point. You know, the the hanging gardens of Babylon, and and, and on and on it goes. And you know what God had to say about Babylon? And, And by the way, do you know why it's relevant to our thinking today? Uh, where was ancient Babylon? Well, it was in a place that today is called Iraq. And you know what God said he thinks about Babylon? You know, God had a lot of bones to pick with Babylon because of various issues, which we'll say for another sermon. But why was God, you know, so problematic as far as Babylon was concerned? Well, he was, and he, and he said someday there won't be anything there. Folks, there isn't. He said the Arabian wouldn't even want to pitch his tent there. You talk about foresight. So when you want to get a real sense of the Bible and its accuracy, one of the places that you want to start is fulfilled prophecy. All right? But that's not all. God had some things to say about some countries as well. Did you, uh, did you ever hear of Edom? Now, over in Numbers chapter 20... Uh, Moses sends a messenger to the king of Edom. Now, who are the Edomites? Well, they were the descendants of Esau. And uh, remember Jacob and Esau? You know, the story all the way back in Genesis? Uh, So Moses said that, uh, you know, hey, you know, we'd like passage through your country. And, uh, you know, we'll stay right here on this particular highway. Now, really, this is phenomenal when when you stop and think about this. All right, in Numbers chapter twenty and chapter twenty-one, that highway was labeled. You know, it was called the King's Highway. All right, clear back thirty-five hundred years ago, they were calling that the that highway the King's Highway in your Bible. To this day, to this very very day, they still call that highway the King's Highway. Now, folks, do you know of any highway? Anywhere in the world that's retained the same name for 3,500 years? Do you know what they'll be calling 35 over here in, uh, where I live in, in 3,500 years? Well, who knows? Who knows? But it's incredible when you really ponder it. It really is. Now, uh, Now, the Edomites, right? The king said, no, 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 no. We don't want you going through here. Moses said, hey, look, we won't drink any of your water. We won't eat any of your food. Uh, We won't even get into any of your fields. You know, we only want to go on the king's highway. All we're asking for here is safe passage, and we'll even pay you for it. And the Edomites said, nope, you ain't coming through our place, and you're not either. And you know something? God says, I don't forget that stuff. And, you know, that's wild. That's crazy. All right, take your Bible and go to Jeremiah chapter 49. Jeremiah chapter 49. So a few years later, God got a few things to say about the Edomites. Now, their capital city was a place called Petra. Uh, There's nothing there now but ruins, empty ruins. Petra was so secure and so well-guarded that the only way you can get into Petra, because it's way, way up in the rocks and the mountains, the only passage that leads you through this very narrow canyon up to Petra, I mean, I, it's barely wide enough for a guy on a horse to get through. That's Petra. You know, the place still physically exists today. But there's no one there. You talk about a ghost town. It's absolute desolation. Now, in Jeremiah 49 and uh, verse 16, now, the address, if, if you, if you want to back up for context, is to Petra, okay, uh, the capital city of Edom. And he said, Thy terribleness hath deceived thee, and the pride of thine heart, O thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, that holdest the height of the hill, thou that shouldst make thy nest as high as the eagle, I will bring thee down from thence, saith the Lord. Also Edom shall be a desolation. Everyone that goeth by it shall be astonished and shall hiss at the plagues thereof. Now from the time that Jeremiah uttered those words, Petra continued to exist, you know, business as usual, for about 600 years. Now I'm sure that there were a lot of folks down at NBC, ABC, and CBS, and MSNBC that said, You see that crazy prophet? He doesn't know what he's talking about. You know. Then they probably ran a special on Old Testament prophecies on the History Channel and said, "You see those nutcases? They don't know what they're talking about." And then all of a sudden, mysteriously, for no explainable reason, the anthropologists, the archaeologists, theologists, and 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 all the other ologists still don't know why Petra was deserted because it occupied a wonderful geographical position on the trade routes of Asia and the Middle East. They had prospered for hundreds and hundreds of years, and then all of a sudden, because God says the pride of their heart, they just disappeared. Now, who knows what God introduced to make that happen? You know, I don't know. But obviously something happened. Now, I was watching something on TV the other day, and they were talking about the Anasazi out in uh, in Mesa Verde, right? And I, I love that stuff, folks. I, I, I find all of that stuff incredibly interesting, you know? Uh, and now they speculate that the Anasazi abandoned Mesa Verde about
2: mm,
1: 700 years ago, all right? But, you know, what caused them to leave? You know, they don't know for certain. But they said that their best guess is, you know, and they did this by studying tree rings. uh, Their best guess is that there was a 27-year drought. And the drought finally forced them to leave. And then they traveled south, you know, looking for a better watered territory. And I thought about that. You know, a 27-year drought. Darn that global warming. You know those rotten Anasazi. You know belching out smoke out of their factories and their their SUVs and their pickup trucks. You know, you know, folks. If you study your Bible, you'll find out that weather, the weather is cyclical. All right, but that's another sermon, isn't it? You know, well, God's got a lot to say about cities and countries. He has a lot to say about Edom, Philistines, uh, Egypt. Well, that's actually one we have to look at quickly, all right? Ezekiel chapter 29. Ezekiel chapter 29. Now, here's another nation that experienced phenomenal progress educationally, intellectually. And, uh, you know, some of the scientific inventions that we enjoy today, we lay at the feet of the ancient Egyptians. In fact, you know, they accomplished things that we still wonder about. You know, mechanical engineers tell us that they have no idea how they got all those huge stones on top of the pyramid in Cheops, Egypt. You know, we don't know. It's an incredible thing. You know, those stones are so tightly fit together and without any mortar whatsoever. But they are so tightly fit together, you can't even put a knife blade between them. You can't even put a sheet of paper between them. Well, how'd they do that? How'd they do that? Well, there's been all kinds of speculation as to how that got accomplished. You know, folks, I'm talking about singular stones that are as big as some houses. How did they get them there? You know, it, it, honestly, it couldn't have been on the backs of millions of slaves. How'd they do it? How'd they do it? But you know, in the midst of their all their advancement, educationally, medically, socially... You know, a lot of the things that they accomplished and invented, we can't even duplicate today with our modern technology. But in spite of all of that, God had some problems with Egypt. And part of that problem was the slavery of his people, Israel. But there are some other issues as well. One is their great idolatry. But you know something? God never prophesied the extinguishment of Egypt. As a matter of fact, he says that... He says that one day in his kingdom, Egypt is going to come back to a position of great spirituality. Now, that's interesting. But here's what he did say, Ezekiel 29 and verse 14. And I will bring again the captivity of Egypt, and I will cause them to return to the land of Pathros, into the land of their habitation, and they shall be there a base kingdom. Now, base is the Bible word that means, you know, bottom of the food chain. It shall be the basest of the kingdoms, neither shall it exalt itself any more above the nations, for I will diminish them, that they shall no more rule over the nations. Now, there was a time when Egypt was at the very pinnacle of world society. There there was a time. And you know what God said he was going to do? He said he was going to make them base. Now all you have to do is visit Egypt and you'll get a real vision of that prophecy right there. You know, we're talking about a nation that was revered as the, uh, uh, as the military, uh, educational, social giant of, of the world of its day. What are the odds? What are the odds? You know, you need to study st- statistical probabilities on occasion. Now, God has a lot to say about other countries like Moab and Chaldea and Ammon and Assyria and Ethiopia. And you know something? He's never missed a lick. Not even once. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're going to take our last break of the afternoon here. And when you come back, we'll, uh, we'll wrap all this up. And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers. Give us that five-star review if you feel like we, uh, we've earned it. And, uh, folks, we'll be back right after this. Don't you go away.
0: Redeemer Who is Faithful And true You're my source Of joy and Comfort You're the song That I sing Now I live.
1: amen and amen welcome back to the sword of the spirit podcast this is Joe yellow and uh, we have been talking about fulfilled prophecy fulfilled prophecy folks if you are listening in on the Spreaker platform and you have an open active Spreaker account why don't you jump on into our chat group and say hello let us know you're out there listening it's great it would be great to see some new faces in there um, Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends. Uh, We are happily on the Spotify platform, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and uh, many, 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 many more. All of your favorite podcasting platforms. All right. Uh, Let's see. And the reason why I went through all that is because I lost my place in my notes. And now that I'm here, let's get back to business. All right. So we were talking about... uh, Some fulfilled prophecies. And we were talking about some cities uh, earlier on. Uh, Now we were talking about some peoples uh, that God uh, has some prophecies spoken against. And uh, God has actually a lot to say about a particular people uh, that are despised in this world. And uh, do you know who they are? Well, we call them Jews. We call them the Jews. Israel. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 25, uh, he tells about a Jewish dispersion. All right, He forecasts that. He forecasts He says to those Jewish people, he says, uh, Now one day because of your disobedience, I'm going to scatter you to the four corners of the earth. Well, did he do it? Did he do it? Well, you know, it's hard to find a country where you can't find a Jew. I mean, you have them in China, you have them in Russia, you have them in Germany, all over South America, Africa, in Asia, you know, all over the western part of civilization. They're just all scattered out there. But what's even far more incredible is in Deuteronomy chapter 30, two chapters later, he says, now one day, I'm going to bring them all back together again. Now, folks, we have lived in an amazing period of time incredible, because of all the prophecies in the Bible, short of the ones concerning the personage of Jesus Christ and his first and second advent, you know, just setting those aside momentarily, of all the prophecies in the Bible, I find none of them more fascinating than the prophecies concerning the regathering of Israel. Now, if you know the history of it, it's it, it really is absolutely incredible. In um, 1917, there was a Jewish scientist by the name of Chaim Weissman. He was a British citizen, but um, he was a Jewish scientist. And do you know what that guy invented? He invented a little thing called smokeless gunpowder. It's kind of a handy thing when you think about it, right? And because of the smokeless gunpowder, it really aided the Allies in winning World War I. When the war was concluded, the British came to Chaim Weissman and they said... Uh, that they wanted to show him some kind of appreciation for the contribution he made to the victory in World War I. And uh, he said that uh, they could demonstrate their appreciation by creating for his people, the Jewish people, a homeland. And as a result of that, in 1917, early 1918, a declaration came out from the British government called the Balfour Declaration. And what the Balfour Declaration said was essentially that, um, you know, we acknowledge and recognize your right as an ethnic group and people to re enter the land of Palestine as a national entity again. Now, in 1939, the British issued another document called the White Paper. Now, essentially, what the white paper is, the British backing away from the Balfour (laughs) Declaration. They said, oh, this is a problem. Well, too late. Too late. In 1948, Israel became a nation. Now, if you don't know the whole story of that, it was against absolutely impossible odds. Impossible odds. Politically, socially, in every way. But God said here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to regather them. And you know something? God doesn't care what the United Nations likes. He really doesn't care. He said, this is what I'm going to do. And he's done it. And he has preserved them as a nation through a variety of wars and assaults. I mean, really, when you stop and think about the whole thing, sociologically speaking, there is absolutely no greater prophecy in all the Bible. You know, Daniel... The prophet Daniel made some incredible prophecies concerning this business of uh, uh, Jewish regathering and specifically the first advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, I mean, really, it would take a long time to walk you verse by verse through all the prophecies of Daniel, but uh, I'm going to try to condense it all into a nutshell and tell you this, all right? Daniel didn't really understand all that he was prophesizing. You know, God made that clear later on. Um, But he was just writing down what God told him to write down. And Daniel prophesied that there will come a day when the Messiah, Prince of Israel, would make a triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem. Now, you and I know that day as Palm Sunday. That's what we call Palm Sunday. Uh, That's the day that the people gathered and said, you know, all hail King of the Jews. And they were waving palm branches, uh, you know, and all that business. And, and, and God said, Daniel, I want you to lay this prophecy down on a timeline. And that timeline is going to kick in when the command is given to rebuild the walls of the city of Jerusalem. So Daniel wrote it down. And we know that a few years later, that clock began to tick. Because Artaxerxes, a Persian king, ordered the wall of Jerusalem to be rebuilt in Nehemiah chapter 2. And he said, All right, you're on a 483 year timeline right now. Now, that's a long time to be prophesying events into the future. I mean, can you imagine me sitting here telling you what's going to happen in Eagle Pass 483 years from now? I mean, that's what you call a long shot, amen? Really long. But there was an Englishman about um, 100 and something years ago by the name of Sir Robert Anderson. And he wrote a great book, and uh, I have it on my bookshelf right here, and I was kind of th- thumbing through it the other day. Uh, read the book uh, some time ago, but um, great book. It's a fascinating book because what that guy does is, is is he documents in the most minute, copious detail how those 483 years were fulfilled from Nehemiah chapter 2 until the very day in which Jesus Christ— rode the cult of an ass into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. I mean, that's far out. You have a lot of prophecies in the Bible, you know, like the virgin birth in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, uh, his birthplace in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. I mean, can you imagine prophesying a hundred years in advance someone else's birthplace? Well, Micah did. His public entry to Jerusalem in Zechariah chapter 9. His betrayal for 30 pieces of silver in Zechariah 11. The details, the details of the crucifixion in Psalm 22, written down a thousand years before crucifixion was known as any means of execution to anybody. A thousand years before. Far out, folks. That's far out. His death burial are prophesied in Isaiah chapter 53. Did you know that there are more than 300 prophecies in your Old Testament concerning the first coming of Jesus Christ? Uh, Years ago, I forget how long exactly, but years ago there was a professor named Peter Stoner, and he taught at UCLA. Um, And he taught a lot of postgraduate math classes, and one of the classes that he taught was uh, statistical probability, What are the odds? Statistical probability. Now, if you don't understand that, you understand what are the odds, right? Now, you understand that every time you go to the casino, you buy a lottery ticket, right? You understand statistical statistical probability, you bunch of sinners, right? What are the odds? What are the odds? Dr. Stoner taught these math classes, and over the process of time, Dr. Stoner became a Christian, You know, he gave his heart and his soul and his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'm trusting you to save me. Well, over the course of his life, he became fascinated uh, being a mathematician, you know, with numbers in the Bible. And it is a number book. You know, it's a mathematically complex book. It really is. And, uh, you know, he got interested in that. And on one particular class, he was teaching statistical probability to 47 students. And he said, I want you to help me with an experiment. So he assigned each one of these 47 students one prophecy in the Old Testament concerning the first coming of Jesus Christ. And he said he wanted them to do their research, and he gave them an entire semester to do this particular research. He told them at the end of the semester they needed to bring back everything that they could know about the statistical probability of that one prophecy that they were assigned. Now, for example, just to kind of help you understand what I'm talking about Micah said that Jesus would be born in the town of Bethlehem. Okay? What are the odds? Well, the student would have to study the thing in its totality and determine how many towns are in the area, what the population of each one of those particular towns are. You know, what are the odds? And so they did the best they could, and they brought everything back at the end of the semester. Well, Doctor Stoner took all that information and he fed that, uh, uh, you know, all of those forty-seven prophecies uh, into a computer, and, and you know, he he examined them. What are the odds? Now, keep in mind, they weren't dealing with all 300 prophecies. They were dealing with 47. And uh, uh, Dr. Stoner took the, the most well-known, the most obvious of the prophecies, You know, the one that you really just couldn't argue against. And uh, so the odds of those 47 prophecies becoming a reality are represented by a number like this. One followed by 181 zeros. Folks, that's bigger than the national debt. That's a big number, amen? I mean, not even the U.S. government can calculate a number that big. That's a big number. And Dr. Stoner said this. He said, visualize a huge ball packed with electrons. Now, electrons are so small that they speculate that, that if you take 2.5 million, billion of them, and line them up side by side, they would go one inch. Let me run that by you again. Two and a half million billion of them lined up side by side to go one inch. That's big. Now, our huge ball packed with electrons would have to be, well, I don't, they, they say our universe, and this is speculation, of course. They say our universe is four billion light years in radius. All right, so light travels at approximately one hundred eighty-six thousand miles per second. Per second, right? I mean, that's that's really moving. <laughs> you think about it, right? One hundred eighty-six thousand miles per second, and uh, our ball of electrons, our ball of electrons, would have to be four hundred quadrillion times as big as our universe just jammed with electrons. And so you blindfold a guy and you paint one of the electrons fluorescent orange and you send him out into the middle of all this and you tell him he has 30 minutes to find that electron. Well, the odds of him doing that are, well, basically the same as the odds of those 47 prophecies becoming a reality. But I submit to you folks that they did. They did. Now, that Bible talks about the restoration of Israel. It talks about the rapid increase in science, communication, and travel in Daniel chapter 12. You know, we've seen more increase in technology in the last hundred years than the world has seen in 6,000 years. You know, that Bible talks about the general, moral, and spiritual deterioration of the world. It talks about doctrinal apostasy of religious leaders. It talks about conflict between capitalistic and laboring classes in James chapter 5. It talks about the preparation of a one-world government and a one-world religion in Revelation chapter 13. It talks about widespread materialism and secularism in Luke 17 and 18. It talks about intermittent outbreaks of worldwide wars and famines and diseases in Luke chapter 21. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to bet against that book. I'm not going to bet against it. You might, but I'm not. I realize it ultimately comes down to faith, ultimately. But faith has substance. Hebrews says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, today, I've tried to give you a little substance, You know, you can build your faith on substance. You know, when you sit down in a chair, you don't study it, right? You just plop your 98.6 down on it and off you go. That's faith. That's faith. I put my faith in Jesus Christ, in his words, in his book. Have you ever put your faith in him? Well, preacher, I know, but, you know, science says I'm not going to bet against that book. And by the way, this is a scientific book. This is a scientific book. Do you know what they tell us as why our first president, George Washington, died? The best assessment today is that he died prematurely. Did you know that? Do you know what the prevailing medical opinion of George's day was? to take blood out of folks. They bled him to death. You know, now, I've read diaries of attending physicians and and so on, and, and the best guess is that all George had was an advanced case of tonsillitis. They bled him to death. Now, Leviticus chapter 17 will tell you that that's not the way to go. It says the life of the flesh is in the blood. Now we all know that today. You know the book of Job says and and the book of Job is the oldest book in your Bible. The book of Job was probably written before the the, the Egyptians built the pyramids. The book of Job says that the Lord sitteth upon the circle of the earth. It doesn't say globe you say yeah but science says I can give you hundreds of those examples you say but science says yeah but God says I wouldn't bet against his book like I said you can if you want but I wouldn't recommend it I'd fly with the book God's word Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the day. We want to thank you so much, Lord, for the preaching and the teaching of your holy book. Lord, we thank you so much that we have this great truth. We thank you, Lord, for fulfilled prophecies. Lord, we thank you that we can use those fulfilled prophecy and validate and authenticate and demonstrate just how incredibly fascinating and how incredibly accurate your book is. Father, it's my prayer today that if there's any that are listening that had any question whatsoever about your book, that this short lesson on fulfilled prophecy would open up their eyes and their hearts and their ears. And Father God, I pray that if there's any today that's listening that is not saved, that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, Father, I pray that today would be that day I pray that you would draw them into yourself, Lord, and that they would be saved. That they would call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks, that will just about do it for our Sermon Sunday broadcast. Thank you so much for your prayers, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Head on over to our website, Podcast.com, and click on that contact section, and why don't you send us over any comments or questions. Also, look for that Support This Podcast button, and if you could help us out, we would really appreciate it. Well, folks, until we see each other again on Thursday night, win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you.
0: Take care.